from the studios of Phoenix FM, this is Talking Facts with Mike Hague. Yes, you heard that right. This is 96.7 FM, Phoenix Radio, in Caldwell, around the world. Welcome to Talking Facts. As you heard there, my name is Mike Hagan. We've got uh, Pat's show tonight, uh, and let's get straight into it. We've got two guests here. We've got uh, Richard Marshall's number one fan. We've got Amy Robertshaw back. How are you doing? Good. Good, good. <laughs> nice to the point. And we've got uh, a debut on the show uh, this evening. We've got Shelley Lee Calvert here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Are you well? I thought you were. So, let's get straight into it. Unfortunately, I wasn't at the league game on, on Sunday. I was at a wedding. Becky Marty, congratulations. Um, but yeah, it's the first game for a long time that I've missed. And to be fair, if I could have missed a, a game this season, it probably would have been that. I've heard it wasn't the greatest of uh, occasions, was it, girls? So, who wants to start off by like, saying what went wrong, really? Don't, 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 don't fight for the limelight. <laughs> I don't think we did much right, if I'm honest. I just think that we wasn't clinical enough. No. I don't think we could. I think defensively, that's something that we can take from the game. I don't think the score reflected on it. All right, okay. Well, why did you think that then? Um, well, the back 10 minutes, I kind of lost a little bit of interest, I'm not going to lie. Mm. But I would say, to say how much we defended within 80 minutes at Lee, I think, I think it was something to take away from that. I do. And I think every person... On the team, tried the best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was sixteen at half time, so you could say the game was as good as over, really. But a little bit of a, a rally in the second half. We, uh, well, fifteen eight, if you will, <laughs> in the second half. Amy, what do do you think? There's any kind of any kind of encouragement going forward in the second half performance? The second half were better, but. Yeah, that's all you can really take from it, really. I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's always going to be hard over there to say weeks. One of our main rivals and Lee are coming to really, really good form. They're somehow still making some signings, even though they were nearly bankrupt last year. But that's a, another another story for another show. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's always going to be tough over there, um, and it's he it, it, it proved right there. Simon Griggs mixed up a little bit. He, he swapped over uh, QLT to to half back and Scott Griggs to full back. How, how do you think that that swap over went? Personally, I don't think it was a good choice, no. and I think it did reflect on the day, but we all have good and bad taste, so you can't take it down to that one performance. No, true. Um, but yeah, uh, I think he did try again, because like you said, he didn't keep us the same man in the same position throughout the whole 80 minutes, which proved that we was willing to make a change. Yeah, I, I heard there was a bit of an in-game change round that Morel went to hooker for a little bit, and Woodburn yeah. all came on, and, and so on and so forth. Do you think it's obviously Grix is is Simon Grix that is 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 very new into the job and he has inherited Richard Marshall's team and stuff. Bar Scott Grix, ironically, as his brothers come through. Do you think he's still working out his best lineup, Amy? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Well, what 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 would you think? I, I mean, having seen it for the last few years, what what a lot few years, a few weeks. What 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 configuration? What kind of lineup would you have in terms of the the, the I've span of the team? I've always thought that we've seem to have played better like from when we played Hunslet when Woody's come on yeah like I don't know what it is like I know he has his off and he's like he's good and his bad days but I just think that nine out of ten times when he's come on the, the game's just changed like I don't yeah. know he did like Bradford there were Hunslet definitely like when he came on it were a different ball game mm. so. I just think he gives something that that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's got that little bit of a spark. I think he can mix it up. I think he's very unpredictable, mm -hmm. which works. 
and we've seen that. And that, yeah, like I said, I think it's, I yeah. think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I do. Do you do you think it's worth? Worth starting him because I said we've we stumbled on a formula that he does very well coming off the bench to to work and that. But is he too good to leave on the bench, or would you kind of keep keep it with the kind of the old heads on the field at the, at the start? I don't know because sometimes like it can work when like Muzzy's on and stuff like that. But then it does. If it doesn't work, then I do think it's good that you've got James on the bench to bring on to swap it up a bit. So I think it depends on how we start. Yeah, I think it all depends in the first 10, 15 yeah. minutes who scores first, how we're reacting to the other team's tactics, how well they've looked into us. Um, and it's nice to see Morel on the sideline sometimes, to know that our younger team can do it. Oh, of course, yeah. we don't rely on him. And I think, like you say, it's nice that we have an option which we haven't had for yeah. quite a few years. No, definitely. And it's obvious that Morel needs a bit of help because anyone who watched the, the Bradford game at least once, in some cases twice, in some cases five <laughs> times, Rick Farrell. Yeah, me. <laughs> so that in, in the first half in that game, when everything goes through Morel, we are a very predictable yeah. team. That we, we were so easy to defend against because know what's going to happen Scott Griggs as good a player as he is and QLT as good a player as he is it's kind of fitting square pegs into round holes they're not kind of half bats really and they kind of go things by design really whereas whereas Woodburn Hall he's, he's off the cuff but he can still play a structured game there really but personally I think you, you play your best players in your best positions now I've been a big advocate for Scott Griggs being at half back and I've said I've said to, to friends, it's, it's no coincidence that um, in, the, in both the games that he's played fullback, we've lost both, and I just don't see him as a fullback. I just think James Wood-Bernal is too good to be left on the sidelines, really, and I think he could be in danger of getting disillusioned if he's left there. I think I think he's earned his shot at starting alongside Morel, really. Um, we've had we've had games where, like the, the the Bradford game on Good Friday, where he was alongside Ben White, someone that isn't as experienced as, as Morel, and we did get a bit kind of. Giddy, yeah. Yeah. Giddy as Joanna so rightly put it, really. But if he's playing alongside Morel, I don't think there's any chance in that. I think I think that's the way we've got yeah. to go. But do, do, do you do you agree with that? Do you have your own views? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think he has earned his shirt, and I do think he should be should be started. And like you say, it's not that there ain't an option to move him. He's quite a utility player. You can use him in lots of different positions, and he's off the cuff, and he will play structure. So. All round, I think he's a fantastic player to have on for the full eighty minutes, and he's quite capable of doing that. Mm. No, no, true. And as I say, it's going to be complicated even further because we've got the return of Ben Johnston as well. So that, is, that that is something. <laughs> you a big fan of John, then, shall I? I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> as I say, it, it, it's, it's that old adage: you don't know what you've got till it's gone, and we have missed John Offer. Just for the little spark that he gives in terms of his running game and and his little X factor there, and he's going to throw a right spur in the works because. You can't really leave him out. He's on form. He's one of the best halfbacks in the division, really. Um, would you would you have him back in straight away? There's rumours that he's playing for Unslip this Sunday, but oh, I would have him in straight away in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think he's good at attacking the line. Yeah, he's very off the cuff, and I think, like you say, it works that bit of magic when we're struggling. Mm. But he's going to have to fight for it back, really, isn't he? he? I don't is. think you can yeah. just put him back on when you've got. Like Woody, who's playing so well at the moment, you can't just like no. put Jono in there. I think he's gonna have to fight for his shirt back, definitely. Mm, true, and, 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 and the squad as it is and how close they are, I think they'll realise that as well. I think Jono will be the first to say he's got to earn his shirt back, and maybe if he goes to Unslet, as, as the, the rumour mill thinks, and has a wow of a game, then look at what Saltonstall and Woodburn all himself did when he came back from playing for Unslet as well. That could be a good one there. Um, 
Again, again it's, the, it's the old adage of we struggle without Scott Morell. I'm just kind of glancing yeah. at the, the League Express report that we, we played the majority of the first half without him and that's where we got 16-0 down. He's, he, he's going to get to a stage where we're going to have to replace him, really. And he, he's, he's, it's an awful question, but what? how do we play without him? Is, is, is there someone to fill that bridge? Is it a Woodburn Hall? Is it a Ben White? Where where, where does it come from? If, if, heaven forbid, he gets injured or something like that. I've got no idea. And I think he calms them down. Like we were saying on Sunday, you could see him on the pitch telling them to calm down because they were, fran- they were like panicking at the fact of the score. And you could see Muzz just telling them all to calm down. Mm. And if he went on the pitch, God knows, like, God knows what would have happened because I think you just keep them intact, like you say, in situations that we're not sure where we might end up. I think you can always see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is always nice to have on the pitch. He never mm. gives in, yeah. but we do need to start looking probably sooner than what we think. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> and there's not there's not that many halfbacks for the class of Scott Morrell because it's proved everyone, including me, wrong that he's still got some still got some class about and still got big game experience there. But as I say, if he's got little support and the the the, the the, the match report in League Express has kind of said that we we're, we're out for literally out for in the forwards um, it's, it's hard to play behind that broken pack um, League Express gave the man of the match to Chester Butler in terms of Halifax performance do you, do you, do you agree with that who do you, who do you Shelley's shaking her head who <laughs> 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 was your player of the match then on, on Sunday then Shelley um, I would probably say Griggs Right, Scott Griggs. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I think that comes from the defence. That's the only thing I could take out of the game. Right. Um, and I think, like you say, it won't be my choice to fall back, but I think he did his best. He ran every, every time, he ran in hard, and I think he was the one, when Morel wasn't on, was the older head on the pitch to kind of keep us all True. intact. True, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that would be my shout for that. Yeah. Amy? Probably the yeah. same, yeah. So Scott Griggs? Yeah. Blimey, I've just spent like that first 10 minutes or so saying, oh, Scott Griggs not a fullback, but you've picked him out to play the game. Again, that's why that I, I work there. I don't know these things. Um, and I'm just a presenter. I don't know anything in, in these sort of things. If, if you do agree, disagree, get in contact with us. It's Talking Facts on Facebook, at Talking Facts RL on Twitter. Or if you know me, just wang me a message and I'll, I'll, I'll ask away. Um, there was a little bit of uh, the the beef that was brought back as well. Gutting the first match I missed for ages, and there's but the brief the beef was brought back. Um, to Tang, uh, Fleming actually got sent off, so we could miss him for a while. Uh, Jacob Fairbank was sinbin for fighting, and then Ian Thornley was sinbin for fighting. The same thing as Dan Fleming. It's, it's it's not a league game if we don't have a bit of beef, is yeah. it really? <laughs> no, I think I think like you say, it was all a bit it's all a bit high intense, and I don't think Lee were convinced that they had it. Right until maybe like the last 10 minutes. Mm. And I think that's something to take from it as well because we never give up. We never give up. And I don't think the score reflected. I really don't. It wasn't, it sounds bad, but it won't torch us that day, it won't. No. And I think that's right. a good thing to say. Yeah. So, so you think that the score flattered Lee then? You think that. It, yeah, I did, yeah. Right. I, I think it was good forward, but I don't think. They had a lot of possession as well. So to say they only scored 31 points out of. Point. We're 31, 31, 31 8. Yeah, yeah. out of how much they actually had. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And to say how um, inconsistent our defence has been. Yeah. Um, to defend probably for a solid 60 minutes at least. Mm. I think we did, we did pretty well. Yeah, and I'd say Ben K was held up over the line as well. So we, we had our little bit of chances there, but. Again, it's, it's, it, is, it is a lot of maybe the, the, the cup hangover. Bradford used a cup hangover for a disappointing defeat. Let's use that as well. We, I don't think we deserve to use that. 
Oh, right, okay. We're better than that. Right, fair enough. I think the only team that have gone to Lee is yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's another thing. Oh, no, true. Very yeah. true. As I say, it's no mean feat going over to Lee and, and putting in a performance. And no. um, last year, especially last year, was the, one of the best games of rugby league I've ever seen live. It were absolutely amazing. Um, and the way that Lee are just coming into form now with the likes of McNally and, and Ridyard and, um, and and Mickey Iam, they've got a really good spine in the team. And you throw the likes of Gareth Hock in there, as much maligned that he is, he's still a class act when he wants to play and, and they've got a good young side there and it's, it's always going to be tough over there but it just shows how important it is just flicking over to the lead table it just it just shows how important these these two points are going to go we're now four points outside the playoff places now there's some coming comfort really that we all we, we always seem to do this we always seem to kind of find our way in the middle of the season and we push on can we afford to do that? Is is there scope for doing that? We've got a relative, well, an easier game than normal games, Barrow, on the Sunday, which might blow away a bit of the cobwebs and get itself sorted. But after that, we've got Featherston, then Bradford. Uh, Bradford, then Featherston, then Toronto. <laughs> Three season-defining games there. So it's, it's very, very tough at the top. Is it cup finals from here on in, ladies? I don't know. Yeah. You think you think it's a bit too soon talking that way then? I do because we we like to do it the hard way. We have <laughs> yeah. easier. No. no. And I think when we find the right players in the right position, like you say, we should stick with that. Yeah. And when we know what works well, just stick at yeah. it because when the team's gelled, you can't ask for anything more. Of course. And I say the the effort's definitely there. Yes. Definitely, as I say, like everyone that I've seen reactions to on social media and speaking to family and friends and that, they just said that we we're outplayed. Really, it's yeah. just this was one of those things. Yeah. You 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 can't win every week, no. really. And no. the effort's there. And and I'm I'm guessing that there'll be an occasion where we play worse than that and win. Maybe on Sunday we might do that. We just yeah. don't know. But. The games are coming thick and fast. Featherstone are third now, well, on, on points difference. But, yeah, as I say, it's, it's, it's a tremendous race to, to, to the end of the season, but we we're, we could get cut adrift if results don't get our way. We could, well, as I say, we're, we're actually fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth out right now. Bradford have pulled ahead of us, which is rubbish, really, <laughs> but they're not in the cup. We just can't get too hung up on the cup, really. We've got to focus on the league season because, yeah, the cup, the cup gives us a lot, the, quite a bit of money and it helps helps us in some way, shape or form, but we need to recover our league form, really. Um, let's look forward to it a little bit. To, to let, Let's talk about the semi-final. As I say, it's, 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 further, it's further on and tickets have been released. Um, uh, some fantastic take-up offers on there. I know Greetland have put on a double-decker coach. I think they scored for a second coach. I know that Elland uh, uh, organising a trip. And again, it's something that... It's, it, I've act, it's actually sunk in now a little bit. <laughs> to talk, I've been talking to people at the wedding on Sunday who have, who have a glancing interest, like going, oh, Halifax from the semi-final couple. I was like, yeah, no, I, 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 it's ridiculous. I'd never thought that there would be... Like when we got to the grand final, for instance, there weren't the community club involvement as there is now really and I think it's really really good that they're getting involved have you have you girls noticed the buzz in the, yeah. the workplace in your community where you live well I was there working a nursery just up the road and their 
local rugby team are going to be the mascots on the day. Oh, Boots so and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so oh, I've yeah. spoken to two little boys this afternoon, yeah. and they are over the moon about it. Mm-hmm. And they obviously don't know how much it means to a lifelong fan. <laughs> but the fact that they're all interested means yeah. that we can spread the word. Yeah. What a better experience to be out there. Of course. And fighting for something that... Been a while yeah, <laughs> no, no. I say, like, when I've been speaking to people, like, oh, do you think you're gonna win? And this, I went, no, but that's not the point, really. <laughs> no, it's, not. it's not, it's not the point. It's it's our cup final, isn't it, Amy? Yeah, big time. It's, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's just our chance to celebrate. And I say that again, people who, who, who are outsiders, that sort of thing, they don't necessarily get what it means for a club like Halifax to get there. Like on the BBC yeah. coverage and stuff, it's like, oh, they're, they're a very traditional club, they've had success before, but. 31 years is a long time between drinks in terms of semi-final and big games and stuff like that and it's and, and for the for the purse strings that we've had to kind of exist on for the last few years and the uncertainty and stuff it's just just reward for the people who've, who've, who've put their heart and soul into the club or to all the volunteers and to, to the people who've kind of saved and brought the club along and to the fans as well the fact that the fans yeah. all us included who've been long suffering when We've had the, the smugness and abuse from our near neighbours and our far neighbours and that so on and so forth. It's our time to celebrate and what, what better time to celebrate, yeah. Amy, than in a double header at Bolton where yeah. there's th- three of the biggest away travelling fans there, really. I, I get say. goosebumps thinking about <laughs> it. Like, I just cried like at that Bradford game. I think I cried for the last 15 minutes. Like When Bradford scored, I were absolutely heartbroken <laughs> Like and I just couldn't stop crying. And then all of a sudden we scored and I was just like, I cried even more. <laughs> I, I knew we could do it, I did. And I said, everyone that spoke to me, they thought I was crazy. Especially at the Summer Bash, after yeah. Good Friday. But I, I knew we had it in us and I yeah. think that game proves a lot, like you say, to, to everybody that was, that's ever been involved. Yeah. It's massive. Mm, definitely. And, and then I hear ticket, ticket sales are going very, very, very well. Um, and long may it continue as I say it's, it's, a, it's a frustratingly long time until yeah. it's like the end of July we're, we're, we're barely into June really it seems it's it's so frustrating but it will come I just hope it's not coming at, the, at a time where we're completely at the top five race really I, think I hope we are still in contention really because it would kind of be a damp squib of a season after that really because we'll have higher the semi-final than a lot of nomad games yeah. really which, which we don't want which we don't want I don't think it's going to happen I do think there's going to be a balance really but the other, the worrying thing is that everyone else seems to be winning games and it's it's just not great um, let's move away from a, 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 from one loss uh, but and also come to another loss but a lot more encouraging loss um, the 1895 Cup which we were favourites to win but obviously when you get to a semi-final of one cup it kind of goes to the background really and uh, uh, we made the short trip over to Cougar Park over at Keefley to watch uh, mainly our reserve squad battle very very hard against a full strength Sheffield side eventually going down 52 points to 8 it was a really good chance to see how our reserves against um, top level championship team the team there and I, and, and I think we, we did alright to be honest there were, there were some standout performances there um, Amy you were there who, who, who did you like who, who were there who do you think you played well I don't know I don't know what names it was say say a position and start from there um, I don't really know to be honest with you I think they all put like 110% and like yeah. you say none of them gave up mm. and there were some really good like there were some good rugby in it it's just that Sheffield side they were big Yeah, they were big and mm. like you say the first team players and we had our reserves out mm. and 
it were they did really well. Mm. I think they did really well. No, you can you can tell the difference in terms oh, of body yeah, stature and stuff yeah. and that. Um, I'll 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 start. I'll give a massive shout out to the twins, Davis twins. Oh, I yeah, thought definitely. I thought they were outstanding. They did not deserve. I don't think any player deserved to be on the losing side. And you're right, Amy. They were they were they were nearly crawling off the pitch. They were yeah. that knacking. They put them all into it. Uh, but the Davis twins, they they played really well. I think Curtis especially. He's just an absolute firecracker around the rook, and he just tackles absolutely everything. Uh, Fraser Stroud when he came uh, it was the, the half back he gave some really really nice touches as well um, and also um, I think called Daffy Jones the, the right winger big winger really really yeah. strange seeing Conor McGrath who's not the biggest of chaps at centre and then <laughs> the, the Welsh winger absolutely yeah. huge but he did very well against the, the likes of Miller and Crooks on that on that flank but no they, 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 they played very very well and as I say I think Simon Gritz came out and said that they'll learn so much more playing that game yeah. than they would Games of the reserves, um, I think they the only did the only just lose against Hull um, at the weekend. I can't, I can't remember. I'll have to look at that before the the, the parts coming up. But um, it, the future is bright. As I say, with short term, we've got very 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 kind of tough games coming up in the semi final. And but they could be you can never know. Fraser Stroud could be the one to replace Scott Morelli. You, you just don't know these things. But one thing to say, and I was very very proud watching it because as I yeah. say. It's it, we are the kind of torchbearers for for the reserve grade, and to be able to field a side where we didn't have to play any of the first teams who put their all in at Bradford the week before, I think was absolutely outstanding, really. And as I say, I hope they are very very proud of the efforts, even though they lost heavily. They weren't real losers on the night. I thought they were absolutely brilliant there. Uh, here, here with Mike Hague, and we've got Amy Robert Shaw and Sally Calvert in the studio. Uh, we've got some plugs because it wouldn't be a talking fact show without some plugs. First of all, it's a massive, massive well done to uh, Terry Bratley and Co for the amount that they've raised for Grey Media. Uh, the total was £4,078 and 2p, which converts to £7,279.67 uh, uh, all the way over to Australia for Grey Media's uh, treatment and his uh, care afterwards. So very, very well done <clears throat> to Terry Bratley and Co in raising all that money there uh, for that. Um, we've got uh, another announcement for the club. Uh, there is a darts match. Woohoo! A darts evening at, at the Shea, where uh, if you want to, you can play Dennis the Menace Priestley and Martin Wolfie Adams. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, fans who would love to have that opportunity there. Uh, that's down at the Shea, uh, and that is on Friday, the 28th of June at 7 pm. Uh, it's £25 for a gold package where you get to play both players, and the silver package for £15 per person. Anyone wants to get on that? If you email Sam Rennie, Rennie spelled R-E-N-N-I-E. So Sam Rennie at halifaxrlfc.co.uk or you can call 01422 Um What else have we got? <laughs> I've got loads of stuff on my phone. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, also, a bit of a personal one, actually, uh, from my very, very good friend of the show, Rick Farrell. Uh, as you may know, we also do a podcast called The Facts of Life where it's a little bit more... Um, a little bit more informal than this here show, really, but uh, due to technical issues and self-destruction equipment, we do need some some brass to help us get set back up and able to put out some quality audio rugby league. Uh, and for that, we've decided to run a special fundraising raffle with some unique prizes in an effort to replace and improve equipment and allow us to boost the quality of the content we're able to put out. So the prizes, first prize is a signed frame 1987 Legend shirt, I believe signed by the whole team uh, that, that, that are here with us. So that's an absolutely brilliant prize there. Uh, 
Second prize is a signed framed Edian Anderson 1987 Cup final picture. I believe it's the only one in existence. And the third prize is a bottle of Kingston Jamaican rum. I might try and just get that for myself, actually. <laughs> uh, maximum of one prize per person. The draw will be made by Facebook on the evening of Friday the 5th of July. That's the night before the Toronto Wolfpack Sky game. Uh, the tickets are £10 a strip or three for 20 quid. Get in touch via email with, on the Facts of Life podcast at gmail.com or contact Rick uh, Rick Farrell on, on Facebook via Messenger or at a match or just holler at me as well. Just just get there. Any any funds there, any donations possible would be very most welcome on that. Uh, and lastly about the uh, the women, Halifax RFC women, who are the only Halifax team to go over to Lee on the weekend and unfortunately they were the they weren't the only team to come away with a loss. However, it was only 18-0 that they got they lost over there against Lee Miners, uh, a lot more um, established team there. Um, they had a very, very good game as well. And special mention to Caitlin Ryan who got the, the player of the match. She got she got really, really rare reviews um, from home and away fans on that day. So let's talk about the centre of the decade. Now the nominations for that were uh, Lee Patterson, Dylan Nash, Steve Tyra, and Ben Heaton. First of all, is did you agree with the nominations? That yeah. Were yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't real anymore. They weren't yeah. what we could do. Yeah. Right. So without further ado, let's announce the the the, um, the winners. Now, um, this was actually a lot closer than I thought it would be. Actually, now, but as I say, um, it's 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 one of these things where. Um, you, you, you predict something that could happen, but it just doesn't. Uh, but f- f- without further ado, in fourth place was uh, Dylan Nash with 14% of the votes. Uh, actually, no, sorry, it was Ben Heaton with 12% of the vote. Third place was Dylan Nash with 14% of the vote. Uh, second place, uh, Lee Patterson with 19% of the vote, and Steve Tyra way ahead on 55% of the votes. So that means the talking fact centres of the decade are uh, Lee Patterson and Steve Tyra. What do you think? Yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Steve Tyra was a banker. I said yeah. on the show last yeah. week, he's obviously a banker. He's got to be in there. Lee Patterson, there were quite a few fans who thought that he should have been on there for the for the winger of the decade, really. However, I believe he did play more as a centre, really. As I say, we've got the two best goal kickers of the year, for sure, yeah. in, in the team there, really. Um, but yeah, that, that is centre of the decade, and the team is very, very nearly done, to be honest with you. Um, let's get on to the props of the decade. Now, before we start on this, when we do the vote, vote for two. You can vote for two. I'm being generous. Don't just vote for one. There's more, there's more than one choice. Vote for two. That would be absolutely ace. So, let's work in chronological order. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of 2010, our props at that time uh, were the likes of Macaulay Zoo, Neil Cherryholm, uh, Saeed Tamgat, uh, Frank Wateen, Don Maloney and David Wrench. N- now, <laughs> now I'm gonna pick one straight out of there. With not the not the glamour players and that. David Wrench, I think he was an absolutely yeah. outstanding player for us. He played for us for a few years, but in that year he was absolutely brilliant there. Do you, do you guys have any thoughts on on the others? He was my favourite player was David Wrench. Yeah. He gave me his boot. So I still there you go. <laughs> it smells and it's in a bag, but I've still got it. <laughs> there you go, exclusive there. David Wrench has smelly feet. Um, yeah, as I said, the, the, they were the, the, the forwards that, that took us there. Amy, can you can you remember 2010? <laughs> yeah. I just loved Frank. Who didn't love Frank Clark? Oh, Frank Latine as well, yeah. Definitely. And I remember when Saeed lost his um, tooth in someone's head when we played. I can't remember where we played. 
but he lost his tooth somewhere and yeah. everyone was clapping everyone off at the end of the game and they were looking for his tooth on pitch. <laughs> 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 it's the only memory I've got of him. <laughs> yeah, Frank Martin, yeah, as, as I say, very very much a, a club player. Yeah, I said, like oh, of course, so yeah. And again, there's lots of criteria where people vote for these sort of things. It is, is it the best player on the pitch or is it the best person of, of, of a club and that sort of thing I think Watine definitely in 2010 gave us both yeah. I think he was he, he might not have played big minutes but when he came on he, he made a big impact yeah. and as I say uh, along with Michele Zou they were very very destructive um, Neil Cherry on just, just did his job not spectacular but he very rarely made mistakes uh, as uh, a friend of the show Nat Green was said he was captain average he weren't necessarily the best player but he weren't the worst player it was a nice yeah. in between but I always say if you don't have play like Neil Cherry on when your team, the play, the, the your Scott Morels and your Ben Blacks can't do their work. So yeah. very, very much appreciated by players as well. Moving on to 2011, um, pretty much the same players, but uh, with the addition of a certain Sam Barlow. However, Sam Barlow did play 2010. Um, I think he played more of a loose forward role, but I think in 2011 he played a little bit more as prop. Really, is is a man of many positions. He may well feature in the second row, but again, he played he played prop. On there as well. Um, do, do you think? Do you think he should be nominated for a prop, ladies? And say, well, why, why we're here, or is he? <laughs> is he one of those where is 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 too much of a utility player to not kind of nail one position down? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think he's a utility player, yeah. Right, okay. So, again, it's it's one of those where it's a very skillful kind of player, but he's, he's not good enough for, <coughs> for one player in particular. Um, also came in 2011, um, was and also 2012, was the return of another fantastic player for us in the past, and again, really good club man, Jim Gannon. Jim oh, Gannon was, yeah. was, was outstanding for us in his first stint, uh, and then after quite a few years at Witness, where he was a scourge of us, both for his play and his fighting, uh, he came back and uh, did a really, really good yeah. job for us there. Um, again, he, he could be nominated, we don't know yet, yeah. we've got to work through that there. Um, other players who played in those positions, Michael Ostick, Gil Dudson, didn't really make that much impact really, <clears throat> well Michael Ostick did, but we'll gloss over that, <laughs> we'll gloss over the, the cup uh, registration debacle and that sort of thing there. Uh, moving on to 2012, it was the introduction of the likes of Tony Tonks, who came from Featherstone, uh, and also Luke Ambler as well. Yeah. yeah. Luke Ambler gave us really, really good service. Massive shame that he did kind of have to cut his career short, but in the wider scheme of things, it's great that he has because he's doing such fantastic work off the pitch in terms of Andy's man club and the other things that he's got going there. Um, other players who play prop again, Michael Azu there, Ian Morrison as well. Ian Morrison, who was who won grand finals for Featherstone, again kind of like Mick Nanning that we mentioned last week. Really, really unlucky with injuries. They say a really, really bad ACL injury and never really came back to full fitness there. Um, another player who came around that time, mainly playing the second row, but gravitated his way towards prop was Adam Robinson. So yeah, so again, it could be it could be two positions there for Aaron Robinson. Um, great championship player, fantastic player. Yeah. So he played well for Batley, and again, really really good character to have there. Um, going on to twenty fourteen, uh, Tony Tonks is still there. Tony Tonks, really good player for Featherstone. I just don't think he. We saw the best of him, Malifax. Yeah. Just didn't play all that many minutes. Um, fitness was a little bit of an issue, really. But great player, great bloke to have at the club, and also the really good work that he does for the Heartbeat of Sport charity as well. Um, Sam Brooks, who ironically played for us again for Lee against at the weekend, he started off 
there as well. Um, but yeah, I think the, 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 it was very, very settled in terms of Carl Harrison's pack. Then we move on to 2015. Now, 2015 saw the arrival of two players, which I'm pretty certain will go straight into the nominations. Um, one of them took a long, long time to get going, but one we'll just mention straight off, who, who came in like a trade and, and carried on for the rest of his career there, Mitch Carlane. What a player! Yeah, what a what what a yeah. player! Um, again, kind of not in in dare I say in the Neil Cherry on mold is he's not going to be the best player in the, on on the pitch. Not going to be breaking a load of tackles and making breaks and so on and so forth every time. But he always miss, he, he never misses tackles. Mm. He, he, he always makes his yards. And anyone who was at Toulouse two years ago, he is a great bloke to have on the pitch. What 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 do you think, guys? Obviously, he said yes straight away. <laughs> why, why 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 yes for Carlin? I just think, like you say, very rarely made any mistakes. It wasn't something that you noticed on the pitch, but no. it wasn't something that you didn't notice because we were never failing in the areas where he played. Mm. And I think that's that's why. And like you say, he's a lovely man. Yeah. He's lovely. Mm. I think on and off the pitch, he were, he were an asset to have. Yeah. yeah. He was. It's a shame to see him go, but he went for the right reasons. Yeah, no, I think he'd come back though in a heartbeat. If he <laughs> I genuinely do think he would. If you listen, Mitch, we'd have you back definitely. <laughs> we'd definitely have you back there. Even if our pack would be great, there's still room for you here. Uh, and the other one in the so called double acts was Adam Tangata. Now, when he first came, he was probably the first to say it. He, were, he didn't look fit at all. We were thinking, well, who the hell have we signed here? But <laughs> by the end of the season and forever on, he's just been brilliant. And yeah. Very much in the same vein as Frank Watine, a crowd and club favourite. Yeah, yes, absolutely brilliant. What, what, what's your thoughts on that, Amy? No, I just think he's ace. I do. <laughs> I do. Like when he read signed for us, I just thought it was brilliant. Mm. Like you say, you love him on the pitch, you love him off the pitch. He gets the kids happy, and like I don't know, I just think he's just a full on. It's just, I just think he's just, yeah. Yeah, and they get quite utility value as well. He sometimes plays in the back row, sometimes fills yeah. in a loose forward role. But I think props his best position there. Uh, one of the criticisms that's labelled at Tangata is it's a bit too injury prone, really. And yeah. yes, he's had his first year of injuries, but at the end of the day, we play contact sport. He puts his body in, into it 100%, 110%, and you're bound to get injuries and that sort of thing. He went to witness, again, as you say, Shelley, for the right reasons. He's full time rub. Anyone who. who Anyone who plays for Halifax who gets a chance to better themselves for full-time rugby or Super League rugby will be daft not to take it. And as I say, he went over there, probably had the wool pulled over his eyes in terms of what was going on at the club, but he's found his way home and I'm, I'm glad that he has because, he's, again, he's a great player to have here and I would rather have Antangata here with injury problems than against us, yeah. really. And as I say, that is definitely one that we, we do love. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, another player that did play for the front row uh, for us in that time was Richard Moore. Very recently retired, Richard Moore. Um, again, a very very impactful player. Jim Bunny scored that full length. Huh? Yes, that was like <laughs> the best thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was certainly great. Um, again, a very unpredictable player. I think half the time he didn't know what we're going to do no. either. <laughs> um, as, as Barry McDermott always says on Sky Sports, he was a compulsive offloader. Um, he just loved an offload, loved to sidestep. <laughs> uh, it was just, it was just one of those where he again put his all in. As I say, he's he was a very very good player. Unfortunately, we've got him at the back end of his career really, but he still. Had 
had a really good few years for us there. Other players in 2015, again, we had quite a few loan players and so on and so forth. Mikey Wood, who played for Bradford, who played for us when we thrashed Bradford at Odsall um, in the, at the end of 2015, but also played against Odsall last time we played Bradford. So lots of clarity in this. Uh, Tyler Dickinson as well there. Uh, and Clement Boyer, the French international, but again, not that much um, for us. But he's doing a job at Toulouse. Um, 2016, um, it's still pretty much the same on there as well. Uh, Marshall had the likes of Gavin Bennion on there. Um, again, steady away, but not really. Didn't really find his place there, but doing all right for Swinton. Um, and then also the kind of breakthrough of Elliot Morris was 2016. Now... Elliot Morris has kind of it's been a slow burner for him really, so we'll jump to him. But I, I when we played when we played over at Witness in the pre-season friendly at twenty sixteen was the first time that Elliot Morris and Brandon Moore played. Um, I think with Chester Butler as well who played the, the, the first game there and as soon as Elliot Morris and I said he's going to be some player for us and it's turned out to be um, he's finally finally getting yeah. the the play time that he, that, that he wants. Not that big a play when you look at him, but by God, he he, he does his job. He do, he he hits hard, and he, he it's the yards after contact that he makes, which I'm most impressed with. Um, do you think is 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 worthy of the nomination for the prop of the decade? Do you think yeah. he's a contender? Yeah. Yes. Jelly, you're, you're nodding away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but what what do you think to him then? I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done. Yeah. yeah. What he's done. Mentioned last week, to my, my, my sister Claire and Matt Shaw, that he's probably the most underrated player. At we the club, were saying really. that on Sunday. Yeah. And I just think, like you say, when he comes on the pitch, you don't see him miss any tackles. He's always in the heat of what's going on. Yeah. But he's always making the right choices for the team, which I think is massive when it comes to discipline and that can sometimes lose your games. Yeah. And he never wants that, and I think that does matter as a player. Mm, true, very, very true. Um, coming on to 2017, again, these players still are here with Tangata, was still here, Carlin was still here. Um, Amber was there for a bit, but then he, he retired, unfortunately. Um, and other players like Alex Shamomamon came there. Um, Michael Seal played a bit in the front row, too. Then you've got like Dan Murray on loan from Salford, Ryan Lannan on loan from Salford. Um, as well, but again, I think I'm going to discount loan players because there's no point really. Because he's yeah. players that were one who were full time for our team, really. Um, 2018, um, st um, still there for the likes of um, still there. Unfortunately, uh, Carl Lane did go home at the end of 2017. Um, who else were there? Will Mark, Will Mark of, uh, on, on loan from Castleford did really, really well. I, I really liked Will Mark. Um, but again, it's just the one year really that was there. Um, but then also Dan Fleming came came last year as well. Um, great player, Dan Fleming. And I say he's, he did well for Wales. Not really. Again, as we mentioned in, in in these kind of shows, we're not here to bag players and that. But he has been out of form with the first bit of the year. But he's coming into the form now, showing a bit of passion, getting sent off, which we always <laughs> we like controlled aggression, but not overflowing. But I think I think he's doing all right for the moment, really. But it's a tough one. It's a re it's a really really tough one, really, because I say. Um, Cavan has come back as well, but I think he's too soon for him to be um, to be included, really. But this this is the job that we've got, ladies. We've got the job to whittle quite a few into four now. 
can I preempt you'd see to make it slightly easier and put yeah. Tangata and Carl Lane straight yeah. in there. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I think Tangata and Carl Lane have got to go straight in there for the nominations, really. Yeah. Again, in the in the in the in the time frame, they've not really played that much, but the impact that they've had for yeah. for the club has been massive, really. Um, let's kind of let's kind of go through this stuff again. So we've How got. How many can we have? Four. 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 There's two on, two off, really. Oh. I say it's just a starting seventeen for the moment. Um, so you got you, you mentioned Frank Watine before. Yeah. Frank Watine, you've got Macaulay Zoo, you've got Said Tamgat, you've got um, you've got Sambalo could be there as a prop. You've got Tony Tonks. You've got um, who else have we got? Luke Ambler, Luke Ambler there. Um, you've got quite got quite a few options here. I'm saying Elliot Morris. Elliot Morris, I'd, yeah, Elliot I'd Morris. Go with Elliot I just Morris. think he's been in the team quite a while. Like he's taken yeah. a while to get in there, but now he's in there. He couldn't be without him. And it's a great yeah. to show a player to come through the reserves to, yeah, to yeah. finally get his yeah. friend for the first team there. Yeah. So we've got three there. Number four, I'm gonna lay it squarely at you, ladies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Frank before. Amy. Yeah, you've but when you went through, Shelley were like, no. You've got Luke Ambler there as well. He's either Frank or Luke for me. Yeah. I think because they're both quite similar mm. on and off the field. Yeah. I think I'd go for Frank. Yep. You've also got Dave Wrench as well. David Wrench, he only really played one year in the decade, but. I think I'd just go for Frank. I think I'd go for Frank, yeah. Frank Wattino or Luke yeah. Ambler? I think, yeah, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> Michael, leave it to you. You heard it, listeners. You heard it, listeners. They played back to me. If I was going to put it to the two there, I would say Luke Ambler. Simply because Frank Martin, it was very late on in his career and that sort of thing. We've got Luke Ambler at his prime. And he wouldn't have retired if he didn't have... And his yeah. man yeah. that lot going yeah, they, on. I think he would, he would still be he would, in here or. He would still be and he would still be playing. And, and that, that is the only. I, I love both players. Frank Wattin's a grand final winning player. He's, he's always been a hero in my eyes. I just think, in terms of level of player for the decade, there's a bit of longevity there and the fact that he would probably still be playing. I think Luke Ambler's got yeah. to be included yeah. there. Uh, and that is my deciding vote, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> who you all heard it. You all heard it. It's not just me that's doing it. So let's go by um, let's go by chronological order. Uh, we've got Luke Ambler, we've got uh, Mitch Carlane, Antangata and Elliot Morris for the four nominations for the, the, the prop of the decade. I will get on um, social media pretty quick. Uh, this week I gave you plenty of time to vote this week uh, if you do disagree let, let me know let me know at Talking Facts Arrow on Twitter Talking Facts on Facebook love a good debate uh, if you do disagree come on the show if you if you do want to get that debated get on the show I'd love to have uh, any, anyone on chew the fat talk some facts right we've got to the last part uh, we'll just play a quick advert and we'll get on to previewing uh, the game against Barrow and the predictions for the rest of the round stick around Come along to the Todmorden Agricultural Society's annual show on the 15th of June at the Showfield, Cliviger. Tickets are available online at Skiddle. Go to the Todmorden Agricultural Society's website, toddshow.org.uk, to make sure you get your tickets. There'll be horses, cattle, sheep, goats, rabbits, poultry, dogs, a petting farm, vintage tractors and handcrafts. Early bird tickets are available until 1st of June. 
Adults are £6.60, children £3.50, or a family ticket is just £16.50. There is a first bus service from Todmorden to Burnley every 15 minutes as parking will be limited. From the studios of Phoenix FM, this is Talking Facts with Mike Haig. You have no idea how happy that jingle makes me feel. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the last part of Talking Facts. You heard that right. It is Mike Haig in the studio, along with Amy Robert Shaw and Shirley Calvert. Uh, we've got to the final part of the show. Uh, we have had a few questions in, all on the same topic, unfortunately. Uh, and it's for you, Amy. Are you looking forward to the Toronto game? We all talk about the T word. Unfortunately, a few people, Matt, they remain anonymous. They have asked to remain anonymous. Uh, but yes, uh, th- those are the questions that came in. Um, I'm, I'm going to Toronto. Well, some of us are lucky, aren't they? <laughs> are, you, are you going to Toronto, Shelley? No job. Oh, what a shame! What a, what, what a shame! Anyway, well, I'll be, I'll be thinking about you when I'm over Please there. Please do. Anyway, we'll yeah. think about you when we're in our craft again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cheaper drinks. Acre, Toronto be a tense. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'd rather be back in the Acre, obviously. Um, let's get on to the final part of the show. Let's look forward to this weekend's fixture away at Barrow. And unfortunately, it's another fixture I can't go to because I've reached the age where every single person's getting married or having babies. This one's a stag do for another wedding, and ironically, it's in the Lake District, so I could technically go, but unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> There's stuff sorted on Sundays which I've got commitments for. However, you people will be going. The Halifax will definitely be playing. What do you think? Do you think it's the best kind of game to have after after a, a, a brutal game against Lee, and obviously. Yeah. I'm going to use it because it'll be a cup hangover. <laughs> because yeah. Barrow are second bottom. They've, they've, they've not really performed as well as I should do. And also, when we played them at Shea, they were weak. And unfortunately, it, it could well be an easy game. But, as this division proves, no, there's no easy game. What, what do you reckon? I do think you... I'd rather, like, Barrow. Definitely. Like, yeah. Even though it's a win, it's a long trip up, trip up. I think you could have a lot harder games. I think it's a chance to get the team yeah. maybe for the next coming games. Yeah. yeah. Find the player that fits the spot that yeah. we're all happy with, that executes as they should, mm. because all these players we know they can execute better, and I think that's that's the shame. Yeah. So let's get it right, and then let's stick it out until the end of the season. We have got, we're very fortunate to have a good, a good squad to be able to make the changes if injuries occur, which we hope they don't. Mm. And like you say, with Johnson coming back in. But if they fit it, give it them. If it don't work, let's mix it up. Then at least you've got somebody to replace. But let's let's get a team. Let's get some points because our points difference is not good. Yeah, minus ninety at the moment. Yes. So, yeah, it's not the not best. Not great. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you, do you do you think it should mix and match with some of the reserves? Just kind of freshen up a little bit, kind of keep some players on the toes, possibly. Or do you think, or do you play your best players? Play your best. Yeah. I'd say play your best players yeah. because you've got Bradford and Featherstone coming up. You don't want to be start like Shelley said, play around with the Barrow game, see which players fit best. Mm. Like don't start bringing people in because we've got Bradford and Featherstone coming up, and they're yeah. two big games. Like the both derby games really aren't they? Really like true. You want they're ones you want to win. Mm. No, no, of course. Got, I think we've got um, enough 
first team players to be mixing it up without bringing the reserves in as well. Yeah. We have a lot of different players fighting for them spots. No, true. Um, Very true. And I think we're all capable. I think our team on paper, we're capable of beating anyone in that championship. And I think once we've got it right, we've got it right and it'll see us through. And I pray, I pray I'm right because we'd like to do it the hard way, like I say, but I think get the team, get it sorted, get some points. I think it will, it'll take us through. Mm, definitely. We've just got a, a massive run of games coming up. We've got Barrow, Barrow away this Sunday, <laughs> then we've got Bradford away, Featherston at home, Toronto away, Witness at home. So they're coming thick and fast. We'd witness witness at home after Toronto away is an absolute killer, really. It's, at least it's at home, but again, it's it's against witness. But as I say, let's focus on this weekend. It's, it is a definite winnable game. Yeah. I'm, I'm must be right here. Um, do you think there's any sort of traditional any sort of changes for, to the team? Do you, would you put Scott Griggs back at fullback? Would you would would you have QLT at fullback? What? Would you have Woodburn all starting? We mentioned it all on the, the start of the show, really. What What do you reckon for this weekend? I don't put know. QLT back at fullback, I think. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, and you could try Griggs in half, like you said. Yeah, I think... You could try it. I mean, because it's a game that we should win, yeah. you can try it and see if it, it might work, it might not. If it doesn't work, hopefully it's good enough to pull us through that game mm. and then you know that you can just totally wipe that idea out of your head then mm. and then move on to next week and go back to how we were before no true the, the thing about Griggs that, that, that gets me is as I say I think it's brilliant the way that, 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 that Simon Griggs utilises against Bradford because his defensive thing as you said before Shelley that he, he completely shut down Webster and Minchella on, on that left flank really but it's his attacking game which I think kind of suffers real having him in the halves Against Barrow, don't have the greatest of defence. It might be a big confidence boost for him to be able yeah. to kind of run the show a little bit from there, really. And as I say, it might do him good there, really. Um, we're probably going to be without Dan Fleming because of suspension. Um, <laughs> would you bring in back the likes of Calcott? Because as I say, he's, he played, yeah. he was another player that played really well against Sheffield on um, uh, the 1895 Cup. He's gone missing from the first team a little bit, but again, we all know he's young and he's raw and that sort of thing. It could be perfect reintroduction for him. You're not in red, Shelley. Do you think that's yeah. right? I think he's one of the reserves that I have seen that's really stood out for me. Yeah. And I don't think you can tell the difference between a reserve and a first team player when he's on that field. Yeah. He makes them hard mm. tackles. And I think, I don't see why, why he, he hasn't made a mistake to, or enough to be, to be not picked, mm. I don't think. Yeah. No. He is young, it's his introduction to, to, to senior rugby really and we've mentioned it on, on the shows before that it's, it's it's good to kind of keep players out of the, the, the firing line, have a watching brief really because it is a brutal league as a championship. John Wilkins said on Sky that he was really, really surprised about the level of physicality that, that he, he, he experienced since dropping down from Super League. Maybe he's had, he's, he's had that chance to kind of watch as Will Calcott and come back in and he'll be a lot better play for it. Or does Simon Griggs stay with the pack that he's had for a while, really? By and large, again, I don't know how we kind of played on Sunday, but by and large, they've not done that much wrong, really, since he's been in charge. But again, we're not the coach, are we? Yeah, we, are. <laughs> we, we aren't the coach. Um, it's another kind of thing that, that's kind of been on social media is the hooker configuration, really. Uh, the fact that we've had... Um, 
with we, we, on Sunday he did go back to Ben K starting on Brandon Moore on the bench. Now a bone of contention is is that and again it's run true here that by the time Brandon Moore gets on the pitch the game's kind of already lost really and it's kind of do we go out a million miles an hour with Brandon Moore or do we kind of have a Ben K settler really? Or do we bring you like to Kate Curtis Davis who who gives you who gives you both there really? What 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 do you guys think? I don't know. I think I'd start with Brendan Moore personally. Yeah. Because uh, I think Ben Kay's more, def- more of a, a defensive player. Yeah. I think if you can get some points and you start well, I think if you start well, you've got a good chance of winning if you can hold out. I think that's what, if you start well, you can win a game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would start with Brendan Moore and then, like I say, bring to. Def- Brendan Moore can play the full 80 minutes and I'm not, not saying that Ben Kay should be dropped, but the two very good players that. Maybe it's nice to give him a bit of half and half, but I would probably start with Brandon Moore if it was my choice. Yeah, fair news. Uh, we've had a message uh, on, on, on the old email, on the actual studio email uh, from Simon, all the way from Germany. International! <laughs> international stars we are! He said, we need to get the cup and concentrate on the league. How Gricks and the team do that is a question. Need to just concentrate on the next game. Now, we'll kind of... I completely agree with you there, Simon. I think we forget about the cup for, for, for now because it's, as I mentioned, it's frustratingly long, long way away, really. Um, but as I say, we've we've got to focus on the next game, and hopefully the the lads in training this week will be doing that. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for your message there, Simon. Uh, we've got another one as well. Um, Oh, here we go. It's, it's predictions. It's, it's preempting. It's preempting what we're doing. It's like he, he's listened to the show before. Love it, Simon. Um, we'll leave the um, we'll leave predictions for now. Actually, uh, we'll go through the prediction for the rest of the games and then get Simon's prediction when we get to our games. So first of all, Betfred Championship. We have on Saturday. We've got Toronto v Dewsbury. Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, over there, I think Toronto will be pretty much unbeatable apart from the, the 5th of July when a certain team are going over there. Um, but yes, I think pretty much there. Toulouse v Swinton. Toulouse. Swinton yeah. have had a hard run, Yeah, they? they have, yeah. <laughs> They're doing it very, very tough. Um, I, I think it's a free hit for them. I don't think they'll be con- I think Swinton just needs to beat the teams around them, really. Yeah. Um, I don't think Toulouse is that one there. Then, Betfred Championship on Sunday, we've got Batley v Sheffield. Sheffield, Sheffield win. Yeah. I think um, Batley will be a bit deflated after the uh, defeat against Bradford, especially when they beat us the week before. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think Sheffield going on the back of the cup from the reserves. From us, I think, yeah, I think it'll be Sheffield. Yeah, but both yeah. teams lost at the weekend. Sheffield were being at home by Feth, 38-18, as you mentioned. Shows Bradford beat Batley 16-0. Um, I'm going to say Batley for this one. I just think they're very, very good at the mount, as we as we found out a couple of weeks back. Um, yeah, I just think there'll be a bit of a backlash, really. I'm, I'm, I'm backing Batley to win. We could do it Batley winning, to be honest, because if we we beat Barrow and they'll lose we go level on points with them so hopefully Doggy can do us a favour uh, Featherson v Widness Ooh. Corker of a game I'm going to say Widness because I don't think I could let myself say Featherston <laughs> win I'd say Featherston but yeah. Yeah, I think South Everston are on a roll at the moment, aren't they? Mm. I don't like the fact they're on a roll, but they are. The yeah. form's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Heart witness, head fair, unfortunately yeah. for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, Lee v Bradford, and a Bradford game streamed on the R League app, surprisingly. I just thought Lee beat them. 
Yes, I hope we do exactly what they did to us and worse. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, th- I think Lee as well. I think. I think. Not yeah. Bitter, yeah. 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 I, I, I think Lee. I think. I think. They're... I think they're a very clinical team as they showed, and I think mm. they do deserve to win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any team with Ridyard in just is just going to be class, and yeah, I think I think Leah coming into form, um, and yeah, I think they'll do it. Uh, York v Rochdale. Yeah, Rochdale doing it tough at the bottom even with the kind of class of Fax 2010 coming back to trying to rescue yeah. stuff um, they're they, they coming up with some really good signings Rochdale they signed Isaac Farrell from, from Huddersfield after his release so they, they, they're getting a good squad together but I think it's a little bit too little too late really but I hope I, I wish them well I hope they do alright um, but yeah I think it's a York victory there and last but not least Barrow Raiders v Halifax Thanks, yeah win. Yep. Yeah. Simon from Germany said it's going to be a tough game, but facts to win by 12 plus points. He said that he's heard Steve Tyra is out. Is this true? No idea. To be honest, we're not we're not that not close to the club, to be honest, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if you got... Did he get injured on Sunday? No, we'll no. find out on the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fact, well, it's very, very true. I hope he does play. Me uh, too. So celebrating his uh, inclusion in the Halifax RFC team of the decade, no doubt. Uh, but yes, I think Halifax will win on Sunday and I hope they do. Uh, and that's it. Time has beaten us. That is an hour done. Thank you very much, ladies, for joining us. To Amy, to Shelley, thank you very much uh, for your company tonight. Uh, and to everyone for listening, thank you very much. Uh, for listening once more um, we'll hopefully the listen again um, function will be list, uh, will be happening again apologies for the technical gremlins that happened down at the station last week completely out of my control but hopefully they'll be on there so that um, certain listeners can listen in the bath <laughs> uh, but yes uh, we'll be back on next Tuesday thanks for listening everyone and up the facts